Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, the Sens sales saga continues. It's been going like this and like that and like this and uh, now Snoop Dogg's involved? Ross, I almost spilled my gin and juice when I saw that one. But we will also be continuing our exit interview segment. And on today's session, Alex Debrinket and Drake Batherson. Oh boy, there is some contention to be had with those two. It's all coming up and brought to you by the Game Time app. Go create an account on the Game Time app and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. That's the Game Time app. Create an account, Locked On NHL, for $20 off your first purchase. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 790 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, please like and subscribe wherever you download your podcast. We're also available five days a week on YouTube. Today is Tuesday, May 2nd in Pillsy. The full court press is on by multiple groups to buy your Ottawa Senators. Ross, just when we think things are kind of coming to a, a point here and we're getting closer and closer to a sale, it just it keeps getting expanded and dates get pushed back and new people enter the consortiums. I can't even say that word anymore. And it just it seems like there's so much going on and it seems like we know so much, but also do we really know anything that's going on here? I know that Snoop Dogg is on ESPN right now, and there's a giant lower third that says Snoop has joined a bid to purchase the Ottawa Senators. So from that standpoint, it's legit. Snoop is aware of this investment that I I was under the impression that his handlers have done most of the work. They obviously control his social media and whatnot. 80 million followers, by the way, for Snoop Dogg on Instagram. And to put that in comparison, Ryan Reynolds isn't even at 50. So this is a global icon you're talking about with Snoop Dogg. He's aligned himself with the Nico Sparks group, which is backed monetarily by the Rubin brothers, the second richest family in the United Kingdom. They're minority owners in Newcastle United, which is owned by the Saudi Public Fund. Take what information or take what you'd like from that information. But they also are real estate moguls. They've been in in their businesses since the 70s, 80s, mining as well. That sort of... uh, that sort of thing for, for how they've made their money. Very, very wealthy. Very wealthy, to say the least. So there's definitely money behind this. And now they've kind of matched, for lack of a better term, the Remington group in terms of having a Hollywood A-lister attached to the group. Now, Ian Mendez reported all this. Of course, great article. Lots of in-depth analysis. He's kind of had the scoop on all Nico Sparks' bids so far. But you look at it from what they want to build with the team. They want to build uh, a, a diverse program. They want to build hockey in the community. Snoop Dogg talking about how kids need to know that there's an option to play hockey if you look like me. Look, we, we love all this. I put it like this on Twitter at Send Central. It really feels like the Nico Sparks group with upwards of 12 investors, Canadian, American, British, they want to own a hockey team. Cool. The Remington group and Ryan Reynolds, it feels like they want to own the Ottawa Senators. It just feels like there's much more of a local flair to it. They've already spoken with York, who owns Farm Boy. They've spoken with local investors to get them on board. They've had discussions with the indigenous community about LeBreton Flats. It really just feels like we would be an asset for the Sparks group for, for their their causes and, and that's cool but it I want I want whoever owns the Ottawa Senators to care as much about the Ottawa Senators as you and I do and everyone listening to this show 
Yeah, and I think that's the key here. And it's important to note, Ross, that Gary Bettman's made it very clear that this just isn't uh, your standard auction where a, a guy's yelling out prices and then the higher highest bidder going once, going twice, sold to the group over there. That's not how this goes. It's about finding the right owners that are going to do well, first and foremost, by the NHL. Gary Bettman cares about the owners and the, the owners as a group. So that's the first thing. And then by the city of Ottawa and by their fans. And it has to make sense. And I'm kind of with you. Like, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I have not put the concentration calories into digging into all this that you have. But from what I'm getting, it does seem like they're just like, okay, we have a chance to acquire a hockey team here. We can get into this club and we can make our mark and show that, Uh, a big group, a diverse group can put all this together and they can go toe to toe with anyone else that's trying to make a bid. There's no, there's no kind of advantages uh, that they see that they don't have that anyone else has. And that's perfect. That's how it should be. Everyone should have an opportunity at this, but I do feel like it just seemed like Ryan Reynolds has been in this since the get go. Like even when the option of a sale of the senators was a rumor Ryan Reynolds made it clear that he wanted to be involved and that he was looking for uh, partnering investors and and that kind of thing, right? So I just think in my mind, I haven't done the research, I'm not a business journalist, but what seems best for the Ottawa Senators seems to be the Remington and Reynolds group. Now, that's not to say any other group won't do good by the team in the city, etc., but from my vantage point, I'm I'm still full team Ryan Reynolds. I'm 100% pledging our show's allegiance to the Remington group, and I hope this doesn't backfire and everybody shuns us out if if the other group wins. But no, like you said, just a local tie is number one for me, showing that Ryan Reynolds has already done the work to build up a sports franchise in the past. Look, like Wrexham cannot be understated how important and how kind of parallel those tracks run in terms of a team that doesn't get a lot of respect around its its league and who's kind of seen as a bunch of underdogs and a bunch of just little brothers in terms of where they're located. And he's turned them into a global brand. They're going to LA and selling out stadiums in Los Angeles. That's how many kilometers away from Wales. Like I just I see yeah. the proofs in the pudding with what Ryan Reynolds has built. Clearly, he's got the producing aspect. Like Nico Sparks, everyone's talking about him as a producer. I don't know one movie this guy's produced. I'm not saying he's bad at it. I'm not knocking him. But you're going up against the elite of the elite in terms of filmmaking, in terms of storytelling, and in terms of this guy's team just got out of the fourth division. They're moving up leagues. Like the the proof is in the success that this guy, everything this guy touches turns to gold. Mint Mobile, he just sold what? $500 million worth of his own shares in it. Like this guy is a Aviation Gin. Yep. Proven businessman. Ryan Reynolds. Snoop Dogg partnered with Tweed. That's in the tank. A lot of cannabis stocks are. The other one, FaZe Gaming, had a little boost after he jumped on board in 2021. That's a penny stock now. Now, I'm not saying Snoop Dogg's the reason why it tanked, but I really do feel this guy, he invests in everything. I feel like he just likes having his name in there. He's on, like, Skip the Dishes commercials with uh, with uh, Martha Stewart, like, he is he is a face. He's a name. He's got unbelievable music. I was listening to it all day yesterday, just remembering how unreal th- this guy, like some of the songs that we're throwing on there, not even like his classics. Like this guy is an A-plus rapper. But at this stage in the game, I, just, I want them to get a hockey team. I think either I don't really want expansion in the first place because – 32 teams, like anything more. I feel like we're watering down the talent of the league a little bit too much. But I feel like they would do great, especially for a new franchise where it's like build from the ground up, get the grassroots programs, get everything like that. The Senators are just so embedded into Ottawa and Ottawa culture. I just feel like you need people who know Ottawa and who have been around the city for decades or who have friends and connections in the city like Reynolds does, like the Remington Group does, like bringing York and all the local investors on, which we don't think there's there's already too many cooks in the kitchen for the Nico Sparks Group. Over a dozen investors, all powerful people, all people who are going to want their voice heard. They're not going to bring on more than a dozen. Come on. 
So the local aspect is not going to be there with that group. And I want, I want a little farm boy market in the arena. Okay. I want my little local ties. I want to be able to associate the senators with Ottawa as a whole. And by doing that, you need to bring the local businesses into the fold. And I just think that that's going to be best done by the Remington group. And then if you're a fan, I mean, the fan experience is how much behind the scenes can you get with the team? Well, if Wrexham is is the blueprint, then you're going to get as much behind the scenes content as possible with this group. So I just see it as a win, 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 win. And it's unfortunate because I want this other, I want the Nico Sparks group to get a hockey team. I just don't want it. I don't think that with who the competition is, that it should be the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a fair point. And that's obviously your viewpoint and other people may have different viewpoints and that's totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's so important for a place like Ottawa to have its culture and its history, not only celebrated, but further grown. Like, like you said, like it's, it's going to be tough if new there's so many new groups and new um, people coming in and they want to have their own mark. Like I really think the the best way for this to work is to, ha- to have people that want to support the Ottawa vibe, the Ottawa culture and have that go. And I'm not saying Nico Sparks group isn't going to do that, but it just seems like Ryan Reynolds and the Remington group have done uh better job of highlighting that throughout their process and it has been that way since day one right so and and kind of like you mentioned ross it is like why is this full court press happening now rather than why haven't they had all these people along for the ride much sooner so i don't know there's there's a lot of questions and i don't have the answers i don't fully uh understand all of this so I, all I can say is from what I'm feeling, it feels like Remington and Reynolds' uh, partnership and, and group seems like the right people for this job. Last thing I'll say, and this is the only part where I'm kind of like squinting my eyes, raising an eyebrow at the, the Sparks group. Now, they are considered the SparksFinanceGroup.com is, is the website that they have associated with that, Okay. I don't know if I love that he's already marketing himself as the who we are brand, him standing in front of an Ottawa Senators mural. To me, that it, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's like you're discussing this is a financial group. Obviously, all of your assets should be prominently displayed on this website. The only team or asset or company that's displayed anywhere on this page without a password, without a password is the <laughs> Ottawa Senators. And that's, he doesn't own the Ottawa Senators. So I I don't know. This this was kind of the maybe it's a tinfoil hat, but I just I don't get it. I don't get why the Senators are being promoted on their website when he doesn't own the team. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Time will tell. Time will tell on this one, Pilsy, and we're expecting the final bids or the second round of bids to be put in 2 weeks from now on May This is a story that is not going to go away for the next couple weeks. Let us know in the comments your pros and cons for both the Remington group with Ryan Reynolds and the Nico Sparks group with Snoop Dogg. I can't help but laugh because if you had told us two years ago, oh my God, when we said if anyone would buy the team from Eugene Melnick, we would do a two, four, 24 hour (laughs) live stream. That's the desperation level we were at with wanting this team sold. And now it's like, I don't know if Snoop Dogg and potentially The Rock and potentially The Weeknd and all these high-profile celebrities and a, a, a pair of brothers from the UK who are worth 6.6 billion pounds, not dollars, pounds, the second richest family in the United Kingdom. And we're like, nah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so what a world, Sense fans. Buckle up. Insane. Exciting times are ahead no matter what. What? But what has already passed? Let's get into our end-of-season availabilities. We've got two very polarizing players because the points were there for both of them. But were their seasons that much of a success? That's coming up next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. They're the presenting sponsor of this podcast, and they are the best place if you're looking for last-minute tickets, not just on sports, guys. I know we're a hockey podcast, but Game Time does so much more. You can get tickets to sports, concerts, music, comedy, and theater, and killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee so you don't have to stress anymore. Forget planning months in advance. If it's a nice day, Go down to the ballpark, catch a Jays game, go find a comedy night for your Friday night, date night. Whatever you need, you can get it done quickly because that's the game time guarantee. You'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and same row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And Ross loves this. You get images of your seat so you know your view before you buy so you can make sure you've got the best vantage point. Buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, one, two, and you're in. You got your tickets. Don't worry about finding printer ink for the printer at home that's collecting dust. Don't worry about trying to find out your email password and if it's in your junk mail or not. Nope. It goes all directly to your phone nice and easy. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Owl and Co. Grooming, a local company started by a Sens fan who is making sure that you smell, look, and feel your absolute best. And because you're a listener of Locked On Senators, you're entitled to 15% off at owlandcogrooming.com. Calm. So go get your Mother's Day, mother, something nice for Mother's Day. Mother's Day is coming up just around the corner. Don't say we didn't warn you here on Locked On Senators. We are less than two weeks away from Mother's Day. And what better gift than the gift of sense? We know that Owl and Co. Grooming work hard in small batches to make sure that you are feeling and looking your best. All their products are made with natural ingredients like coconut oil, sweet almond oil, ensuring that your skin is getting all the nourishment that it needs. All the grooming products are made by hand in small batches in Ottawa, so you know they're going to be set to the highest standard. There's no cutting corners. I've been using it, and it works like a charm. They choose carefully which ingredients they use. Shea butter is a big one to be safe for sensitive skin. They don't want blemishes. They want you to go outside your comfort zone and start with these products every morning. You'll see the creating a grooming routine doesn't have to be a pain in the butt. And in no time, this can become a part of the day that you look forward to. Owl & Co. Grooming is all about helping you find that new grooming routine and away from complications. So visit us on the web, owlandcogrooming.com and, and follow us on Instagram as well, Owl & Co. Grooming. And I mentioned, Senators 15. Go show your support. Senators 15 gets you 15% off. Senators 15 at owlandcogrooming.com. All right, Pillsy. I start this segment off with some bad news, man. Uh oh. The New York Rangers are dead, (sighs) and the Ottawa Senators do not get that coveted sixth round pick for Tyler Mott. The final trade now reads Julian Gauthier and a seventh round pick for Tyler Mott. I honestly am shocked. Like, Ross, this is the beginning of a new age. Like, the, like all the kind of old guards, all the players that in our era growing up were the big dogs, they've all been kind of tossed to the wayside at round one here. Like the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the New York Rangers, the Colorado Avalanche, like basically everything we thought we knew about this NHL playoffs has been flipped on its head. And in a wild circumstance, the Toronto Maple Leafs are now the favorites to win the Stanley Cup in the second round. Oh, what could go wrong? (laughs) Well, that's what you would think. You would think that, Ross, but everything we thought we knew is gone. Like, both our brackets are absolutely trash now. You at least have the Edmonton Oilers making it to the finals, but mine is completely ruined. I think the only 
teams I got right were Edmonton moving on and Dallas moving on. That's about it. Yeah, I went two for eight. Yeah. <laughs> I think I went three because I had Carolina as well. Yeah. Oh, we, we got to do our picks, Pilsy. We got to do our picks. Yep. Okay. Why don't we do our picks real quick? I actually I, – I thought I sent them to a buddy last night. So I'll go with, with that off the top of my head. Are you doing games? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay, go ahead. Let's start – let's do series by series. The Leafs, Panthers. Don't do it. Ross. No, don't do it. Ross. Don't don't do it. I have the Leafs in seven. I don't even know what he's thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad, bad guy, bad player, but what a joke he is. That's you. Yeah, uh, and I'll wear it. But here's my thinking. Everything we thought we knew is flipped. So the Leafs advancing, that's something we didn't think was going to happen, but it's happening. And... I'm also the one of the biggest mushes in my gambling decisions. So I'm hoping that this also jinxes them. But if you put it on paper and didn't tell me what uh, color jersey these rosters have, I mean, I'm picking that Leafs roster over the Panthers for sure. Panthers have the best player in the series, though. Matthew Kachuk was an absolute unit in round yep. one. And he says, well, what do we get for beating out the best team in the league? We got to beat out the second best team. So he's already kind of getting into the mental warfare. I got Panthers in six. Let's go. Riding nice. with the cat. I hope you're right, honestly. Brovsky's on the case, man. He's been looking good since replacing Alex Lyon early in that series. I've got the New Jersey Devils in their series against the Carolina Hurricanes. I bet against the Hurricanes in round one, and I will do it again. New Jersey in seven. I think it's going to be a fast-paced, really fun series. Yep, I got Devils in seven as well. Okay, why don't you lead off the West? Edmonton, Vegas. This is going to be this going to be fun hockey. It's going to be a good one. I got Oilers in six. Hey, uh, one versus two in the 2015 draft. Eichel versus McDavid. Yep, true, true. That's, That's huge. Storyline. It's a yep. fun storyline. I got Edmonton in six as well, maybe even five. I just like Laurent Brassois. Oilers offense, I don't know. It's a little bit different than going up against a pretty injured Jets offense. Uh, I'll say Oilers in five, officially. Wow. Oilers in five. And then Dallas has been good to me, man, this year. Whenever I bet on Dallas, they are... They're a good team. They are a sneaky, great team. And credit to Seattle, even for getting this far. But I got uh, got Dallas in six. I got Dallas in six, too. All right. So we have pretty much the exact same except Leafs-Panthers, eh? Wow. And I got Panthers in six, and you have Leafs in seven. Yeah, I think they're going to win another game se- or a, a game seven because that that is still intact. Now the Senators have like the worst game seven record in NHL history, but the Leafs are on quite the streak here in game seven. Okay, like like I mentioned, the if you just look at the roster like that, like the Leafs might have the best roster left in the playoffs. I mean, they're they're the Vegas odds favorites. So I hate doing this. I hate it, but. That's that's what I'm seeing. Okay. Well, I'm sure everyone will rationally understand you picking the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> to win this playoff series. Okay. But anyways, all that aside, let's get to our end-of-season interviews right after a quick word. You're listening to Locked on Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Athletic Greens. Guys, this is a simple way to try to stay healthy. It seems like everybody's got some sort of uh, cough or flu going on with these low temperatures as we try to get closer to summer here. And your best way to attack that is with Athletic Greens. Just one scoop of AG1 in your glass of water every day, and you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and more. So you can start your day off right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things, and it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's all good for you. AG1 contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs or nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance from Athletic Greens. 
All right, Pilsy. So Snoop Dogg is on ESPN's first take this morning. D-O-double-G. Not sipping on gin and juice. But he's he's talking about his his bid to purchase the Ottawa Senators, and this is this is kind of going back to our first segment. We are going to get to our end of season review, but while you're doing that ad read, I just put my ear to it and I was listening, curious to say. And he goes, he goes, look, um, I've been following hockey for 25 years, and that's true. I mean, this guy was at the oh, yeah. Stanley Cup final. Like, we're not saying that Snoop doesn't love hockey at all. He's been a part. Of, he's been at All Star games. He's, he's been a part of the video game. Yeah. Yeah. He's done broadcast. He goes to Kings games. I get it. One of the things he said though, he's like, yeah, I see people of color playing hockey more and more, but it still isn't like that in America. So he wants to make a Snoop youth hockey league in the States, not in Canada, in the States. And I think that's all great for an American team. <laughs> like I would, I want him, I want him to be successful in this. And if he's like, not once did he mention Ottawa in his entire five-minute segment on talking about owning the Ottawa Senators. He only said the word Ottawa when he was describing the Ottawa Senators. I want someone who cares about the city of Ottawa yep. building. Sure, talk about the inner city. I would love for more inner city youth in Ottawa to have a chance to follow the Senators, get to games, all these things. I mean, Brady's doing a great job with the Boys and Girls Club as well. But it's just, it's very generic hockey very generic society things that they want to push in their agenda. Not a whole lot of Ottawa, not a whole lot of local and Ottawa, as we know, which is what made our show initially successful. People in Ottawa care a hell of a lot about Ottawa. That's why they don't feel like watching TSN and Sportsnet where they're talking about the blue team and, and the Habs all over, all over. They came here because they want to follow the Ottawa senators. So I think that going forward, I think that group should probably mold their pitch just a little bit more Ottawa and then we'll hop on board. I just yeah, want to hear, hear about how they're going to affect our community in Ottawa. All of it. All the parts of our community in Ottawa. Ottawa Senators. Alright. To get to today's exit interviews let's start with Alex Dabrinkit. Maybe the most polarizing acquisition this summer. This guy comes out he scores a ton of goals albeit some spurts and some droughts in there. But my goodness, when you look at the final line, 82 games, part of the 82-game club, both these players are that we're doing today, 27 goals, 39 assists, good for 66 points, while averaging 19 minutes per game. A Corsi of just over 50%, so the shot share while he's on the ice at even strength, and the expected goals, so taking into account the shot selection, high danger chances, 49.6% when he was on the ice at even strength. We know Alex Dabrinkit is a restricted free agent who has arbitration rights. Pilsy, how would you assess his last season or first season in Ottawa? The fans are giving him a B grade on Twitter at Send Central with an overwhelming 68% majority voting in that direction. I'm with the fans on this one, Ross. I gave him a B grade just because... There's so much to consider. Like, if you just looked at this without knowing Alex Dabrinkit's history, his contract, the price they paid, the expectations, this is a good season. I mean, almost 30 goals, 66 points. He plays all 82 games. He was a big part of the power play. But this is far below the expectation of Alex Dabrinkit. Like, I don't know about you, Ross, but my expectations was – 40 goals for him last season was my floor. Like, that's where I thought, okay, he's going to hit that and we'll see what more he can get. And he finishes with 27 goals here. And the big thing is even strength. We didn't see a lot from Alex Dabrinkit. And I know a lot of people are saying, hey, look, he didn't fit into DJ's system. And that's the first thing he mentioned in his uh, end of season press conference. But I don't know if I fully buy that because – how many times did we see Alex Dabrinkit in the perfect spot at the perfect time being set up by his teammates wide open and he completely misses a grade A scoring chance? He doesn't even hit the net, mind you, Get doesn't score. like So I just think it was a bit of a bad puck luck for Alex Dabrinkit and this was a massive, massive year in his life off the ice. And I think sometimes people forget that Players are people as well. They're just not Corsi stats and numbers that you can file into your your system. 
Uh, he's moving teams for the first time in his life, moving countries. He just had a new kid. He's new teammates, new coaches. Like, it's all so different. So I think it took him time to get comfortable. And then by the time he got comfortable, he wasn't able to fully grasp the opportunity he had. So there's so many variables when it comes to talking about Alex Brinkett's season. That's why I think just a good old straight B is a, is a good grade for Dabrinkit. I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of against it just from the fact that the expectations were so high. Okay, yep. And if this team had made the playoffs, sure, everyone did their part. And you look at the counting stats, like 66 points is nothing to turn your nose up at. And he had those stretches, especially late in December, that he was one, He was probably, at that point, for like a three-week stretch, the most productive player on the team. Like there's that game in Washington where they came from behind to win in the third period. He had two goals, including the overtime winner. And that was in a stretch where he had four goals in three games. Okay, You can even go back to the Anaheim game. Really, right when the Sens got up off the mat after they, they had that awful November, despite Dabrinka kind of chipping in a point here, point there. But afterwards, right from that game where Wade Redden had, or sorry, from the game where um, where he had, um, it was U.S. Thanksgiving in Anaheim, and he had an assist in that game. That's when they really kind of got off the schneid after that awful start to November. And he goes on an absolute tear. The next 17 games, he had 21 points. And you're like, okay, this is awesome. Well, what happens after that? 2023 comes around. He goes dash five in the third game of the season against Seattle. And he he just kind of absolutely lost his way. And all of his goals were on the power play. So that's where I'm just docking a little bit. Like the first 12 games of 2023, he had two goals, one assist, and was dash 11. Like it just felt like he was a bit lost there in the middle part of the season. And yes, you, you can tell me that the injuries had, had something to do. Both these wingers would have benefited from Josh Norris being in that two hole. Yeah. These guys played with Shane Pinto exclusively, a 21 year old, 22 year old at that point. And it's just like, all right, sweet. Like he did his thing, but there was a stretch of what I think he, he got into it at the end of the game or at the end of the season starting with the Tampa wins where he was starting to contribute a little bit more, but this guy went 35 straight games. I can even up it to, he went 36 games in the middle portion of the season when the Sens needed him most. He scored eight goals in 36 games and only half of them, four were at even strength, four even strength goals in 36 games. It is not good enough for a guy who you expect, or if he thinks he's making eight plus million, you're going to need more production than that. Simply. Yeah, and that's totally fair, especially, Ross, when you consider, like, if this was a lesser team, he would be arguably the top player on this team. But you've got the likes of Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzler, Claude Giroux, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris. Like, if you'd start going down the pecking order, and we talked about this, he's not even in your top five of most important players on this team. And he is going to be arguing, I would assume, to be the top played pair played top paid player sorry especially if he if they just go for the nine million um the qualifying offer right so it's going to be so interesting to see how they handle the alex brinkett situation in the offseason i still am of the mind that it benefits both sides to do a short-term deal here there's no benefit for i don't think either side is particularly uh jumping at the opportunity to sign long term so I think we're going to see a short-term deal, but I, from what it sounds like, and Bruce Garriock has kind of mentioned this, Alex Dabrinkit and his camp want to wait until ownership is solved. And the Senators are saying, well, we want this solved before arguably the deepest draft in a long time. I think Scott Wheeler said in his mind, this is the deepest draft since 2015. Like, this is a big deal. And if they need to know if they're going to have Alex Dabrinkit feeling like he wants to be an Ottawa Senator or not. Yeah, and that's what it really comes down to. Does he want to be a part of the solution here? Does he want to be a guy who's an Ottawa Senator long-term? Or is he going to take his his right that after seven seasons in the NHL, you can be a, an unrestricted free agent and play wherever you want? And t- despite me mentioning that four goals in 36 games, even strength goals, I should I should qualify, in the middle of the season isn't that good. 
this guy still brought it. And to me, I think what really impressed me the most was his vision and playmaking ability was a lot better than I gave him credit for when he came in. I thought he was just a shooter, a guy who kind of loaded up in that one-timer spot, was good off the rush in one-timer situations. But man, this guy can pass the biscuit. He can really set up his teammates. And I really thought that Sean throughout this season, I mean, 39 assists is a career high for him, Pilsy, at 25 years old. His yep. previous was last year at 37, has had 35, and then in the 20s elsewhere. He really rounded out that part of his game. Defensively, uh, I mean, it's not the he's not the worst defensive forward on this team. We'll get to that in a moment. However, what we did see was Dash 31. Like the you can say bad luck. You can say this. You can say that. Anything minus 30 or worse. I mean, we need to kind of sit down and have a conversation about that and say, how can we make sure this doesn't happen again? Do you have a solution to this? Because it wasn't to me like like that he was always out of position. It wasn't like yeah. he wasn't noticeably bad defensively for the eye test, but that number just sticks out like a sore thumb. I'll say this. Is it fair to say we expected Alex Dabrinkit to have 40 goals this season? I think at least 35. I I don't know. I, I think if you ask Sens fans, we all expected him to have 40 goals. So just for just for argument's sake, let's say we expect him to have 40 goals. So there's 13 goals. Let's, again, just for argument's sake, say those are all even strength. You get an extra 13 on your plus minus. Sure, you're still down bad, but then it's not as egregious as a number here. So my solution, Ross, to that would be I don't think necessarily we need to see Alex Dabrinka be a much better player defensively. I think he was able to even out his plus minus stats by being an absolute beast offensively. Like he fell short, even strength goals. You just mentioned it, four even strength goals in the 36 game sample size. That's not going to cut it for a guy that's hoping to make around $9 million and is known as a 40 plus goal scorer. So I think the reason it seemed so bad is because the offense fell off so much for him, at least even strength. And you have to, I know you already mentioned it, but you have to put in the point that Shane Pinto was his center for most of this year. That was not the plan. That was not supposed to be the case. You go from playing with Patrick Kane to Shane Pinto, and that's not a knock on Shane Pinto. It's more highlighting how great of a situation he had in Chicago and the fact that their plan was to have Dabrinka playing with Stutzla or Norris. So, Maybe this is just me being too lenient, Ross, but I'm giving Debrinket a bit of a pass because of how new of a situation this was, and it was not the situation that was intended for him. When you look at who he played the most with, yeah, of course, it's Shane Pinto, and and he yep. played uh, pretty well, I'd say, overall with um, with Alex Debrinket, but with Pinto, it's it is tough to judge to a certain extent, but. When, you, when I don't think that it was indicative of it being a guy who dragged him down because Debrinket's no. uh, expected goals with Shane Pinto, 49.65. Debrinket without Pinto, 49.64. So 0.01%. Whereas, funny enough, Shane Pinto's expected goals percentage without Debrinket actually jumps up to 52. So that's but where... Just, just quickly on that is... Pinto without Dabrinkit means he was playing on the third line. Or he was playing with Giroux. Yeah. Or sorry, more so. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because Brady was was pretty much tied at the hip with Timmy all year. Yeah, so that's where that, that changes a little bit. But yeah, I see your point. How many grade A opportunities did he miss or hit the post on this year? At least 10. At least 10. At least. There were yeah. certain games where it felt like he did 10. Yeah, it, it was insane. And that's the thing. Like, I, I still think the quality and the talent is there, but I think it's going to look a little different moving forward. But until we see at least a 40 game sample size with Josh Norris, I'm kind of at a spot Ross where I have to reserve judgment because that's the, that was the plan. So what's the plan now? I wait to see if he wants to be here. I mean, you don't have it. You don't have an option. Yeah. Or un- unless you just wait till arbitration, which when is arbitration? Um, that's a great question. Oh, well, Thanks. arbitration dates would be late in the summer, but when do when do the teams have to file? When do yeah. I want to say it's like right before the draft? Yeah, because they 
when can they offer him a qualifying offer? Because once they give him the qualifying offer, he has two weeks. I've got the answer. June 15th is the date. So, or, sorry, June 15th or 48 hours after the Stanley Cup final ends. Okay. So, that's when we'll know. We'll Mm -hmm. know right when the Stanley Cup finals ends. That's when we're going to have to turn our attention to Debrinket Watch, and we'll have an entire breakdown then of what's the future for Alex Debrinket. Because right now, I think all we can do is break down what we saw from him, a guy who missed a ton of opportunities, who looked solid as a playmaker, and a guy who you can see the shots there. You can see that the, that the skill is there. I would be betting on him to bounce back. I think he's probably a 75-80 point guy next year. But is that enough to make him a $9 million piece of the puzzle that you have in Ottawa? Really fascinating conversation. Let us know in the comments what you think about Alex Dabrinkit and what kind of contract you'd offer him based on the performance that you saw last season. All right, wrapping up today's player exit interviews with Drake Batherson. Drake Batherson, second year of his six-year deal that he signed for just a shade under $5 million per season. Drake Batherson played all 82 games for the Ottawa Senators this season, had 22 goals, 40 assists, good for 62 points, while playing 18 minutes and 36 seconds. The expected goals just a hair over 50% when he's on the ice at 5-on-5 and the shot percentage at 51.4. This is another player, just like Alex Dabrinkit, that had a disgustingly awful plus-minus this year. I'm sure they'd tell you they're not so happy with it. Minus 35, the worst on the team by a mile. How do you assess such an up-and-down season for Drake Batherson? Oh, I mean, it's tough, Ross. It's tough. And I, the fan grade is a C, 55.2% voted that way. I give him a B- minus just because he still was able to put up good points. He was a key part of that second line. But he was also, he was a key part of why it succeeded. But you can't have that argument without saying he was also a key part of why that second line did not succeed throughout the season as well. Like, the frustrating thing is, Ross, is Drake Batherson was always that guy that me and you viewed as he's a great two-way player. He's got those little pieces of Mark Stone where he's got the offense, but also... He's a big, strong guy that can help out defensively, and he's going to make smart, responsible plays and get the puck out of his own zone. We didn't see that at all this season. It was completely gone. Like, Ross, I would almost go as far to say as not only was he not good defensively, not only was he neutral defensively, but he was flat-out bad defensively. There were times where he was a liability in his own end, and that's not the Drake Batherson we're used to seeing. Now, whether that's he because he thought he needed to cheat on offense in order to have success because he's got a centerman that isn't ready to play a second-line role, I'm not sure, or whether he thought he needed to cheat on offense to boost Alex Debrinket's numbers. Again, I don't know, but this was... Not the type of season we thought we were going to see from Drake Batherson, at least defensively. Which, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that at the end because he still ends up with 62 points. And that's why I give him a B- minus because he still had it going offensively. He still was a key part of the power play. But, man, when it was even strength time, that second line was kind of just a, a, a waste of time. Like, it was just kind of rolling through the motions. Yeah, it really did feel that way. And contrasting Batherson's year with his last season is making it even more peculiar. Now, I know he only played 46 games, the high ankle sprain, which he did say, and we do have to mention, it did affect him. He said, the better part of this season as well. Damn you, Aaron Dell. But Drake Batherson last season had 44 points in 46 games, okay? We didn't need him to be a point per game this year. There was more depth on the right side with Claude Giroux coming in. However, last season... 14 of his 17 goals were scored at even strength, and he was a plus four. Hilsey, he was the only forward who played more than 11 games, shout out Matthew Joseph, who finished as a plus three or higher. And you know what? Why don't I just say he's one of two forwards to finish as a plus? Because I don't want to discount Dylan Gambrell's plus one. There we go. Last season in very protected minutes. But Drake Batherson was solid at even strength this year. And I know this is kind of like, I'm not trying to make him into a meme, but he was a power play merchant. How how much percentage of his, his points came on the power play? I can tell you. 
14 <laughs> goals and 15 assists came on the power play. So 29 of his 62 points, nearly half his production came on the power play. And you need a good power play. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's doing that same thing at even strength. Eight of his 22 goals came at even strength this year. That has to improve next year. And I don't need him to be a 30 goal scorer, but if he could be in that 20 to 25 range, but have more than half come at even strength, I think then you're looking at a really solid position for Drake Batherson. I just really hope that we can chalk up a lot of this and we won't know until next season to the the ankle injury and knowing that high ankle sprains. We knew this before coming back. So it's not like a hindsight 2020, use it as an excuse. You know that high ankle sprains are things that you can tweak pretty easily and yep. it's not comfortable. So I hope he's 100% and I hope we see the defensive acumen that you and I saw in Belleville of him hounding pucks. He was stealing, stripping guys. He was able to go the other way and create offense out of nothing. And that's the type of impact he needs to be able to make on this team next season. Yep, I totally agree. And hopefully we talked about how much success that Kachuk, Norris, Batherson line used to have. Hopefully getting Norris back with Batherson, that kind of reignites that flame and gets that going because you can't have that top line doing it all. And I know like these Debrinkin and Batherson still put up big points, but like we've touched on, a lot of that's on the power play. And for this team to have success, they have so much money and kind of investment tied in that top six. This team is going to live and die with the top six. And sure, they're the bottom half of that top six, but they're just as important as the top line because you need to be able to have other teams have matchup concerns with your top six. So Drake Batherson is a big part of why this team will succeed, Ross, especially because he's one of those guys, if you look at just from points totals, his contract is, that's an immense value. Like if you do points per, uh, like cost per point, that's great value across the NHL in a cap tight world. So he's a big part of this team. He wore an A. Everyone knows what he means in this locker room. Let's see him step things up defensively. Keep going offensively how he's been doing, but we need a better defensive effort. And really the demise of Drake Batherson's season was the demise of the Ottawa Senators season. In that stretch where after they won the four home games in a row, he just went absolutely quiet. He had five points in the next 15 games, give or take, and, and was just the defensive numbers like that's where he pretty much lost his entire season was right there and now he's, he's kind of battling back had 48 points in the last 63 games right but after that initial stretch yeah five points in 13 games minus 16 through november like the, the, you just can't have that you can't have such a liability defensively and here's here's a spin zone i'll give you because i mentioned he finished the year strong in terms of the offensive output and We'll work on it defensively. I mean, he he wasn't a minus player in any of the last six games. He was either even or a plus player in all of the last six games. Yeah, yeah, Small sample size. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But this is the first time in his career that he's played more than 56 games. He played all 56 games True. during the COVID season, but he played 56. He played 46 last year. He played 23 and 20 in his first two call-up years. Okay, 82 games, a lot to ask, and I really think that that experience for the Pintos, the Bathersons, the Sandersons, all these young guys, this is their first, even uh, Artem Zub, I, I don't know, he played last year about 75, I'd say, or, or, or a little bit higher, but all these guys now understand what it takes to play all 82, and I hope that we see that translate, because we know that his offseason program is among the best places to be with Crosby and Marshan and McKinnon, and all those guys are going to be pissed off this summer. Oh, yeah. Crosby, these are going to be tough training camps there. Yeah. Crosby didn't make the playoffs. McKinnon and Marshan gone in round one. Okay? That's going to be an intense environment, and I hope that he takes all of that in and tries to defend against those guys as much as he's trying to make plays with them in off-season training out in Halifax, in uh, in Cole Harbor. So I, I need to see it. I'm cautiously optimistic that he can get back to being that dominant two-way player that earned him a six-year contract that everyone right off the bat was laughing that Ken Hughes, funny enough, now the Habs GM, signed yeah. that deal for Batherson. We were all like, what do you mean? We are mid-recording when that contract was signed. We're like, yeah. what do you mean? That is such a steal. He, was, he had shown so much promise but then it's like, all right, is this kind of like a sophomore slump in a way? <laughs> we need more from Drake Batherson if this team's going to be successful next season. And yep. Maybe not, maybe not more in terms of points, 
Like if no. he's right around 60, 65, that's cool. It's what are you doing away from the puck? And that's the thing, right? Like you can't you can't have that top line do it all and then the second line opponents just come on and they're like, great, we're going to slaughter these guys five on five or even strength. Like you can't have that. So these two players, this is uh, – they're such an important part of this team and they need to be better next next season, even strength and defensively. Oh, boy. Do you have a preference of who he starts with? I know it's way too early and things can change, but like, do you put him with Norris right away? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. As opposed to what? I don't know. Move Timmy. Nah, nah. I'm sticking on that top line's a lock. It's a lock. All right. Okay. I'm just trying to get some contentiousness on this show. Damn it. I mean, I said one of the most contentious things you can say on a, on a senator's podcast a little earlier. So, oh, was, oh yeah, no, 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 we don't need to get into that. But no. we can tell you that's a wrap on Drake Batherson's season in review. You can let us know in the comments what you thought about Drake Batherson's season. All right, Pilsy, final thoughts on today's show. I'm sorry, guys. Look, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. You asked my pick. I told you my pick. I don't want it to happen, but. I don't know anymore, Ross. I don't know anymore. I can't believe the Rangers, the Bruins, the Avalanche, and the Lightning are all bounced in the first round. All of them gone. I can't believe it. Second round of the playoff begins tonight. Cannot wait to share with you this journey towards the Stanley Cup final. And a reminder to follow all of our great Locked On NHL channel co-hosts, and they will take you on a journey with their team as well. I know Locked On Florida Panthers is all fired up. He's like, He's like, all these Leaf fans started following me. What's going on? Well, buddy, enjoy <laughs> it before the puck drops because it's not going to be that fun once you get them all wound up like we did by yeah. simply mentioning a stat. Stats hurt feelings, I guess, is what I learned on my Twitter the other day. But that's all good. Neither here nor there. My final thoughts is it's still hilarious to me that we're having a celebrity off about yeah. <laughs> by the Ottawa Senators. Um, it, it just comes down to who's going to do the best by the city of Ottawa because – Sense fans have been through so much with how the last, what, 20 years have been managed at the top. They deserve to have stable, respectable, and solid ownership that cares about what the fans are consuming and what the city business community is going to gain out of it. The city of Ottawa, Canada, North America, North North America, not America, North America, Canada. So I'll leave it at that for today. We'll have more tomorrow on Locked on Senators. We're going to send Central Citizen back tomorrow Ooh. on the show. Jordy's going to join us, so stay tuned for all that and more. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked on Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>